Yo, what up? Welcome back to Four Fifth Podcast. This is Metal Matt here. We got Big John Stud. We got the Wild One. Yep. Billy Boy. Actually, rocking Three Fifth uh, tonight. Jesse couldn't be with us. He's with us in spirit. Um, so I'm wearing my I'm wearing my incendiary hoodie in his honor. I don't know why. I don't even know if he listens to incendiary, but whatever. Speaking of incendiary, John wants to burn uh, 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 eBay to the ground. Tell us why. It's bullshit. I was I was bidding on a card on eBay, and I was leading the entire week. I had the highest bid, and then what happens? What card was it? It was a Randall Cunningham immaculate <laughs> jersey card, but it was the it was the C off of his jersey. Wow. Okay. What year? Uh, I think it was like not now. Last twenty twenty. It was it was a newer card. Oh, okay. So I'm leading the bid. Fine, great. And then within like going into like five minutes of the bid, someone starts to up the bid. Fine, no problem. I've already had my high bid up. Great. I get to like thirty seconds left, and someone like just jams a higher bid on me. Right. So what do I do? I go back in there and I go jam another bid. So now I'm like, we're like at five seconds. I have my highest bid in there. I'm good. I'm leading. And then what happens? You watch the clock trickle down and it goes to zero and it goes, you were not the highest bidder. They gave it to somebody else who had already bid higher. It's such a, it's such a, such a scam. Such a, was it Randall Cunningham? No, I doubt it was. <laughs> but I am currently bidding on the same card with just the N in his name. So. Well, there's okay. two hands, obviously, but oh, the C from his last name. I thought you yeah. meant C from like the captain's thing or something. No, no, no. So they they'll take a, the his a whole jersey placard off the back of his jersey, and they they do a, a a set of ten, and it's his entire name, just in different letters. You could buy each of the cards, and then whoever bought that that, that person aren't there, that fold out? aren't there ones that fold out to spell their name too? Well, yeah, they do make like booklets that that fold out as well. But like this one was individual, so like you could buy the C, the U, the N, the N, the, N, the you know what I mean, like his whole entire thing. And, and I'm just so, I was so pissed, so pissed. eBay, you should be ashamed of yourself. So are you are you currently up on the on the uh, the yeah, N? There's five days left. I'm gonna I'm gonna get fucked on that one too. Because some assholes probably got ready to just throw down with three seconds well, I'm pretty sure the, the the trick on ebay i've heard from a few different people i think on in cars and and a few other types of items that you shouldn't put a bid in that early you should wait until like there's like literally five ten minutes to go on it and then just pounce at like the very end of it so you're not giving like them opportunity to like have somebody call call one of their buddies like hey bid this up it's got you know thinking that you put early on it kind of create a false market on it to kind of wait to the last minute gives these uh, knuckleheads less time to pull some shenanigans on you. So well. like, if you've ever been to like a car auction, like you, when a bid happens, like you, if I was bidding against you guys, I would see what you were bidding, but, but eBay doesn't give you the right to see it. And that's part of like the issue. Like if I know that Matt's bidding a hundred dollars and there's five seconds left, if I don't want to spend more than $100, I can walk away. But when you do these bidding on eBay, somebody could have $1,000 as their highest bid in there, and you have to keep upping your bid until you get to that 1000 and then you're the next person. Like, 
it's so it's so weird. Like, well, then that we were gonna create our own eBay and one up them, so you can you can make it more like a true auction. That's what basically like an actual auction guy there with like a of like a piece of a uh, piece of hose. You know what I mean? And banging the table, talking like a thousand words a second. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What are you gonna say, Bill? Well, that isn't that what they do on like Facebook, like friends. Because I know that there's like card groups and stuff on there where you just go direct to the seller, and you know, and if you a lot of guys meet up now paying cash, so you don't have to. Because now, I guess Facebook's taking a piece out of it, kind of how eBay does it now on transactions. Yeah, like, that's on a meet up in a Wawa parking lot and get clubbed in the back of the head. Are you talking like through the are you talking like through the Facebook marketplace? Yeah, basically. I mean, because there's like there's like card groups and stuff where like guys put up, hey, I you know, I got these cards for sale, or like they advertise differently or whatever, but it's just like, you know, you like you do with them directly and and you know, some guys I'm sure you could do, you know, Venmo or whatever, other payments, Ben PayPal, but I know I know my one buddy, he, he's, you know, he meets up with people, you know, you know, just to sell and to buy. But I think he was saying that Facebook now is, is charging a percentage. If you do it with Venmo or PayPal, like they hit you for like a point or two now where, so guys are now like getting back into, Hey, you know, I'll, I'll meet you to, 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 to do the cash transaction. But, you know, I guess that is a buyer beware situation. You yeah, know, yeah. I roll up there. You roll up there. You know, roll up there with you know. Maybe I'd pack you two stuff. guys to come with me if I was going to do that. I would, I would go sit there. You know, eating a Wawa pretzel with a cup of coffee in front of Wawa, looking all mean. They was up, dudes. Just here some card transactions, nothing else. Bill, your uh, double chai latte is all over my my trading cards. What's up with uh, that? Is it non fat? Oh, I, I asked for almond milk. I'm I'm very lactose free lately. <laughs> I will. I'm hoping that the card, um, cards as a whole, like takes a little bit of a dip, so I can get back in. I think it's at a high right now. With- yeah, I think it's. I I don't think it's peaked yet. I think maybe end of this year, next year, you're gonna see it start being like all right, because even like Walmart, I guess, has stopped putting them behind customer service to get packs to where like they're limited. They're back on the shelves, and it's like a free for all. Is um, it? Yeah, like. Um, if I was like, if I was a 12 year old kid nowadays, I, I feel bad for like that 12 year old. What happened with them putting them behind the counter? Cause like parents were complaining, like emailing Walmart saying, I'm never coming here again. I'm going to target or wherever to get my groceries because my son texts cards and he's always devastated when the card aisle is empty. We never, you know, can, can, can buy them online. And so that's don't why blame, don't blame Walmart, blame the weirdos that like, I think John, you were saying, or Bill, you were saying they go in there and they go in the parking lot and change their clothes and go back in. Like they don't do that anymore. Now they just sit outside, and go have like a cigarette. My one buddy was saying, like they go outside for a cigarette and just walk back in, and like most of the time, it's like they're just you know they'll just take off their hat or something, and the you know right, people working registers at Walmart, you know, no disrespect by any means, you got a hard job, you know, yeah, that's a grind. So I get it, but I don't think they're talking that too much. It's just next customer in line, next. Yeah. Well, they don't care. I no, that's what I mean. Wall, and the then at the end of the day, with Walmart putting them back on the shelves for buyer beware, they're not selling them fast enough two at a time. They can sell them way faster and restock them more if they put them on the shelves because you got guys coming and cleaning them out. And three days later, they can restock it. And if you do two at a clip, 
yeah, you have them there for everybody, but it takes two weeks to get rid of them. So Walmart's just looking to make money. They're, they, you I know, mean, they're like every other scumbag corporation. I mean, couldn't couldn't it's the MLB owners? I mean, couldn't the couldn't the card companies like develop a lower end line where it's like that's what are, a ton of common cards where like the the traders, you know, the high end guys, you know, they they know it's for it's for kids that like are idolizing these these players and they like, had to do that. There's there's like top there's some tops and and some like for baseball and, and every sport they're off brands that don't really like you said like you said it like don't offer like special autograph cards really. It's more like commons or if not like score basically like score football. Yeah. Like, you usually find those in Walmart or Target like no, no one's cleaning those out, like you know, because the there's not and yeah, put, put the bubble gum back in the packs, will you? Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, it, there's uh, nothing better than watching somebody open up like a an '86 Fleer with the with, and, and they and the back card is like powder. You know, no, the back card is like got the gum stuck to it. And it's like, well, thank goodness that was a Sam Bowie card, like <laughs> you know. Now you're so true now because. You know, you know, between the wax pack itself and you know the the gum melting, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, people were going in that, and they were buying like cases of old cards, and they'd undo the wax seal, and then they'd just uh, rifle through the cards, put them back in, and then re-glue the seal back. Oh, uh, the wax, the old like like Fleer started changing it a little bit. Um, but like tops up until probably 88, 89 did the wax packs. And you're right. You could open them carefully could go through them. Cause like my dad would even do that. Like when he would open them up, he would, those, are, those are the packs, those are the packs the that pack. go that open along the back. Right. That you could just like, yeah, they're, it's literally just wax folded. Like, Oh, uh, the wax. Oh, oh like that's where the whole like ripping wax came from. Yes. Yes. Oh, Baseball mainly did it. Football did it, but they were mainly baseball. Then football did it a little bit. I don't know. Basketball did it. But then, like, 88, 89, like, Fleer Stadium Club, those pinnacles, they had, like, the, the packs you had to, like, tear. Like, those, like, plastic, more, like, more plastic ones. Like, yeah. But, yeah, the old school whack, because, yeah, now that it was uh, a different time. Now, but it's just funny hearing all, you know, my uncles, even my dad, you know, saying, oh, we used to get the good cards and put them between our bike spokes because it yep. made noises. So we have a lot of common cards because he had like a kind of box in the attic when we moved to Indiana. And he had some like good cards like, you know, uh, like Willie Mays and Roger Maris and stuff, but like Mickey Mantles and, um, you know, some of the big cards in that year uh, he didn't have. He's like, oh, you know, the, the popular ones you put in your spokes, like you were showing them off. And they got destroyed, you know, they got destroyed. You know, and those are the ones that are worth tens of thousands of dollars because they just didn't make it as many. Uh, yeah, I mean, today you buy like a hobby box, you know, for $2,000. And, you know, there's a it, – it, it, what's sad is it almost turns into gambling, really. You're hoping well, that – It is. Hoping I mean, that when you rip those packs uh, and you get a card that could be worth like two, $3,000, and chan- your chances of doing that are very slim. So it's like – Man, you just spend a thousand, two thousand dollars, and you got forty cards worth like forty bucks. It's like, and that's I mean that's part of the adrenaline rush is because when you you know the hope like you know you're not gonna pull a big card all the time when you buy like boxes. You know, I mean boxes you should technically you should get like a, 
a certain amount of every card in a box, like 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 not like fancy cards, but like whatever. But but you're right. You're basically gambling that you know one out of five packs is going to get you a card worth a thousand dollars, maybe. So that five hundred bucks you spent was worth it because you made five hundred bucks. You know, right. so right. Like this is a thing to where you 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 buy cards more to collect, which is nice to see because you're an Eagles fan and stuff. Where a lot of people, myself included. At times, at times, a lot of the times, are doing this just to make money. Like it's like, oh, I can get this and fucking flip at this. At times, a lot of times. Before we even hopped on, I was I was literally on eBay. I was looking at what a John Morant rookie runs right now, like PSA ten, and I was like, I was just just interested because like that's a card like you could spend a hundred to two hundred dollars on. And I pulled that. Yeah. I pulled I pulled his base rookie, and it's the one that's like different color, so it's. Like, it's considered like an alternative one. Yeah. I pulled that in a $15 pack. I bought a pack randomly at Walmart. I bought two packs, so 30 bucks. And I got one of those. And that's worth hundreds of dollars now. But so to, to like, Matt's point, you get that and you're like, oh man, this is fucking tits. To, to Matt's point though, like Matt, you asked before, like, could I go to a shop and buy like a pack of cards for like five bucks? Um, Scores, yeah, like some cheapos. Like cheapo, yeah, like yeah, like that's the shame about like the hobby, though. Like, yeah, it's like cheap, really cheap stuff. You really wanted to buy, like, but like the Bills point, though, like that John Morant, like some of these cards are like stocks, and it's like oh, yeah. you know John Morant's doing really well. He's performing really well right now, but like say like you know over the next couple of years, like coaches figure out a defense to stop him. His numbers don't do so well, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like he kind of. Not fizzles out, but he's not as dominant and it's not as hot of a player. So, like, then that card probably potentially goes down in value because it's just not as it's just not as liked, you know. Great point. Like, think of Zion, right? Yeah, that was the hot card to have. You, I was just gonna say that he still is the hot card to have. So it's like you need to you need to know when to sell, when to buy. You know what I mean? Like when when it's when when do you think it's the high point? You know? like my buddy got it like pulled uh, before last two seasons ago, before two was rookie season when he had all the hype. My buddy pulled like a refractor, a special one in a pack, and it was worth like two grand. And he sold it for like twelve hundred bucks or whatever. And then two has had two crappy uh, years. That same card's like two hundred and fifty bucks now. Yeah. And he sold it at the peak because he was like, you know, he didn't believe Tua. Like he's into like whatever. He's like, I don't think Tua's gonna be anything. He's like, he like. And he unloaded it like I mean he might have got a little less, but he got like four or five times of what it's worth now because he sold it two years ago when he had all the hype trains still. But it could have been it could have easily just as easily been the opposite. You no, know? that's the thing you do. Like you hold on to stuff, and you know you know that 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 you know like you said earlier, it's like a stock. It's like when do you hold on because eventually it's going to hit a peak point. You know unless it's a really old card or like an elite LeBron kind of guy, Kobe, like certain elite players that are just not, you know, you hope a Trey Young becomes elite or a Tatum, but they're just really good players for right now. So you hold on to some of their early cars, think hoping that, you know, but if they just have an okay career, it's like, great. You know, I could have, you know, so you're, so you're right. It's kind of that, you that mix of it's a hobby. You want to collect them, but then it's like, man, I can unleash this right now and make a couple of, couple of fajoles. Well, well, speaking of uh, stocks being up right now and, and elite, how about them new look Sixers, boys? Looking real good. Looking real good. Stocks high up on them right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can't 
you can't ask for much more than what you got out of two games. You know what I mean? Like, yep. you know, just you, you kind of feel like when you take a, another guy off another team and you throw him on a completely different team that like, there's going to be like a little bit of growing pains, but I feel like it's been very like seamless and yeah, there, there's been some, some hiccups, but like nothing like you're like, Oh my God, you know? Well, I think I think like we started talking before we hit record is like, you know, all right, the Embiid Harden honeymoon has started, you know, better than we all could have expected, right? Um, but like, you know, there's some glaring things, and I, and and thank God it's nothing with them so far. But you know, the obvious questions are like, how are the other guys going to fill in? You know, I mean. Maxi looks like he's doing really well and starting to thrive immediately. But the question is, is, you know, how are the, the Tobias Harris's and how are the shake Milton's and the, and the, and the cork Mazes and, you know, all these, these other pieces, the Danny greens, like where do they fit in for some of those guys, their role is really not going to change, but for others, especially like for Toby, you know, he, he obviously it's clearly there's an adjustment that needs to be made in his game. And, you know, like Bill, to your point earlier, you know, you got to You got to give him more than two games, obviously. But I mean, it needs to happen before the play. I mean, it, they got to figure it out before the playoffs, obviously. You know, I mean, and I think they will. I hope they will. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. Is Maury done? Like, are we still looking to I mean, I saw rumors out there that we're looking to pick up, you know, De- DeAndre Jordan possibly another guard or two. So like I, I thought I, I thought the rule was you had to be on the roster by today. Um because the bio market ended today, but they had to be on your roster today to be playoff eligible. So I I don't know if because if he got I don't got, I don't know if we have another day or so because apparently we're big on DeAndre Jordan for what I have no idea. I mean he's he's I I, I don't know how much better he is than Willie Cauley-Stein and apparently Harden and him at beef years ago. So it's like, you know, they're, they're professionals, whatever, you know, but it's like, is, is he really that good? He's just a really big body. And I guess we just want to have a really big backup center, I guess. Um, but I, I, I think with Toby, I think what we have to expect, like he did it in the next game a little bit. Now he didn't shut him down. He's not like, don't, don't get me wrong. What I'm going to say with this, but Toby, um, was guarding Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota. He guarded R.J. Barrett in New York. He guarded the, the arguably the best offensive player on both of those teams. And I think with Toby, I think what he I, and and I could be wrong. Maybe I'm misreading this. I feel like the Sixers are leaning him in to more worry about defense and taking maybe nine, ten shots a game if you're open. If you feel you want to pump and drive, go but we need you to play 38, 40 minutes and we need you to get like, I think John, you said it earlier. I need you to give me 15 and 10. I need you to just hit, hit a couple open threes, hit your foul shots and go down and bang with the guys. Cause you're six, nine and we don't have too much honey in the starting lineup other than Joe. I mean, you know, in this sample, two game sample size, Bill, that makes complete sense. I mean, in both games, he took nine field goal attempts. You know, he ended up with six points, you know, against Minnesota, 12 points against the Knicks. But like my beef is, is like, all right, dude, like if that's the case, then like, I think, I think we need to get a little bit more rebounding out of him. You know, I agree. I think he needs to be in that eight to 10 range. Some games give us 12, 13. Wow. us. 
you know, but like you're not a single, not a single offensive rebound in Minnesota and only one offensive rebound uh, against New York. And then I think part of it is, is he's figuring out like, I think, I, I think just the spacing, because I think, I mean, Joel said it after Minnesota that he's never been this open. And the hope is with guys like Danny Green, who are professional shooters, like let's go stand in the corner. And that's basically what Toby's going to be doing. Like, Similar, similar to Jimmy Butler years. It's like, you go in the corner, Toby, and if you're open for a three, shoot. If not, I guess you can crash the boards, but just hurry back on defense kind of deal. And I think, you know, it sucks that it's, you know, we have a mental max contract, but you can't, you can't even look at that now. Like, hit the money yeah. he makes, that doesn't matter for on the court. It doesn't matter. Here's your role. Do your role well, you know? And I think Toby – Like, I think – is, I mean, whether it's true or not, they said one of the comments was that, like, Doc commented after either the Knicks games or Minnesota game that, like, he's in the business of wins, not keeping everybody happy. Right. Some guys, some guys aren't going to get their shots, but they got to understand we win the game. That's what we're supposed to do. They said Toby, like, after the Knicks game was like, I missed too many open shots. Like, I got to do my job better. And, like, I think Toby's – I think Toby's a good dude. Like, I, I don't think he's going to pout. Like, oh, this is my role. I hate it now. It's like Toby, Toby's 29. He wants to win a championship. He's making a lot of money. He didn't want to be traded to Brooklyn or anywhere. Like, he likes being in Medford. Like, he likes this area. Like, I think Toby's going to gonna play hard. It's just going to – it's little Toby's going to take a little longer to figure out the offensive end. But he's an 85% free throw shooter. So that's a huge plus at the end of the game. So if he gets fouled and, like, you know, heck, get on inbounds and shit like that. So – I think Toby is that kind of guy on a championship team. You're just like, wow, he doesn't do anything sexy in a game, but every game he's given to 13, 14, 17 points, eight, nine rebounds. He oh, he had that big block in the third quarter when the game was tied. You know, like he, he's got to be that guy that does the intangibles a little bit more. And Kenny, we'll find out. You know, I, I'm trying to be positive. You know, but it's I like to think he's like I said, he's a professional. Best, you know, he's a pro. You know, I think he's about winning. I, you know, I, 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 and I think it's just that energy that we had is just infectious with these guys. Like, you can just see, like, because even like watching like the Nets, and I know they're supposed to be whatever, you know, I mean, they're good, obviously. They don't like, like, all their high fives feel fake and shit with Kyrie on Saturday when they were playing the Bucks. Like, we let our guys fall, like, we sprint over, pick them up off the court. When, 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 at the end of the first half against Minnesota, when, Danny Green, uh, uh, it was I think yeah I think it was Danny Green missed that three pointer and Thibel came out of nowhere for that putback dunk. Joel was the first guy off the bench to high five him. You know, like this team, like it had having fun and 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 I think that's part of the, you know, you know, you know, obviously you don't get too worked up in two games, but I mean we see the product. It's like night and day. Like Ben's been gone for five games and we're four and one. You know. And, and, and I mean, and, and so it's like, I just feel like this team is just like, I know you guys said it before in other casts, that dark, dark cloud is gone. No, it's, it's just, it, it's just I'll, I'll use, I'll use the blatant, you know, TMI analogy. I mean, the Sixers, the Sixers took that, 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 that dump that just made them light on their feet again, you know? And, they they flushed and didn't didn't look what came out. They just 
they just dumped and flushed and was like, thank God I'm, I feel reborn. I feel so refreshed. I'm light on my feet. I'm ready to just, just conquer anything in, in that, that comes in front of me. I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's like, we went from like not being hyped about this team to being like, Oh my God, I can't believe I have to wait three days to watch this team play again. You know, I mean, I think it's, it's done, it's done a lot for not only the, the, um, the, uh, the team, but the fan base too, which is, which is awesome because we know just as anyone, because we're fans. So it's like, We've been through this right, right alongside with of 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 the, with the team, you know, through the ups, the downs, the weird, the the what the fuck moments, you know. And it's like finally, it feels like I I don't know. I feel like I haven't been this hyped on this team since the Jimmy Butler trade. Like that lineup when we had Jimmy Butler, we had Redick, you know, Joe was playing good, you know, Ben, whatever. I mean, he was cooperating at least. Like it just seemed like. It seemed like the pieces were fitting and it just felt like, oh, my God, this could be it. This could be it. But, you know, and we could have traded for imagine if we got someone not James Harden, like anyone like like a mediocre guy. Like I think for the Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton deal, the Pacers. It would have been such a buzzkill. I think it's also, you know, adds the excitement that like like the the star power that was brought in and for not really giving up a lot, like no disrespect to Drummond and, you know, Seth and all those guys. I mean, they can ball, they, and they, and they played their, their hearts out for us and, you know, no disrespect. And I wish them all the luck up there, but like, I mean, if, yeah, if, if, if it was the buddy heel deal with like, you know, like those, that type of acquisition or like, say we got hardened, but we had to give up the farm, you know, like Thibel went, Maxi went like, I feel like it wouldn't have been – I mean, and you see the value that – why, like, Daryl Morey didn't want to give up Maxi, didn't want to give up Fiebel. Because look at those kids. Those kids are, like, they're balling. Like, I mean, they're balling out. Uh, Matisse Thiebel has the number one – he's not the number one rated wing, wing defender in the NBA on field goal percentage. Like, those aren't just, like, things you just – oh, we'll sign a guy like that off waivers next offseason. No, like, when you got a guy – when you, when you got a guy, when you got an Embiid playing an MVP level, and you have a, an already an MVP in Harden, you know, like who's still hungry, like it makes their job. I'm not gonna say easier, but I mean, it lets them go out and do what what we draft them to do. You know, I mean, both lost in the second round three years in a row. Um, and 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 to go off of what you said earlier, I was hyped for Jimmy Butler. Don't get me wrong. I just knew in the pit of my stomach. Now the Raptors series, I just felt if we got past them, we had a good chance. But even though it's only two games, and I think a lot of it is the way Joel's playing, and then just the leap Maxie's taken, and then obviously, the, I mean, the biggest X factor is James now. But like, I don't think I've been this excited. Me personally, the Eagle season is tough to compare it to in seventeen because that was kind of like. I don't know. That came kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. Like, it, you know, like as the season went on, we, had, we number one seed. It wasn't like, oh my god, we're thirteen and three, we're bums. But like that was a different vibe because obviously with Nick and the uncertainty. But this kind of gives me like the Phillies vibe in '07 when we lost to the Rockies, and then '08 we had a couple of good signings, and it was just like, man, 
this team just feels like it got that swag. Like Jimmy Rollins, you know, called the division in spring training. It was just like this is this gives me that vibe. Like, yes, we could easily lose at sports. Any team can lose on, on any night. But like I saw it in both games, and that's what like I, I think one guy talked about it on one of the NBA shows a little bit, but not really like in the Sixers' favor, but just talking about it. The Sixers in two games already. When game when the game got a little like rugged. When James decided to take over a little offensively in second quarters and both games, we scored like 13 points in like two minutes. Like we had that ability now to come out. Oh, we're, we're, we're up by one. Wait a minute. Now we're up 14. What the hell just happened? Like that's what this team has. And we haven't had, I don't think probably since AI days to where it was just like, we have the ability to, well, just, to swing the momentum. Exactly. Like it's like it was 35, 35, the end of the first quarter. Nick just went on an eight nothing run. It was like, oh, here we go, here we go. James walks down, hits step back three. We're up three in the first. Like, we have guys now that are like, I'll take that shot. But where before was like, force it to Joel, make him have to make a play down low and figure something out, and like take a crazy. It's like, no, nah. it's like, don't worry, I got you, Joe. I'm a, I'm gonna do my thing, and if they collapse on me hard, get ready. And if you're not open, I'm gonna find Toby or Maxi, like one of you guys, because. James said it after the next game that he's like, I'm just going to hammer Tobias home. Like, because Tobias passed up on four open threes and, like, did his, like, pump fake dribble and got nothing out of it. And Nick game, and James was like, you got to shoot that ball, dude. Like, if I give you the ball, like I said before, it's to shoot it or, like, you know, like, and, and I think that's what this team honestly hasn't had probably since. And, you know, maybe Andre Miller was a legit point guard. We kind of on the downturn a little bit. Yeah, we had him on the old on the old side. Is literally the one of the best pass. I mean, he, like he's going to lead the league this year in assists. He's point four behind Chris Paul, but Chris Paul won't qualify because of injury now. And I think James is going to take him anyway. But like James Harden's going to lead the league in assists. Like that's not like oh a little thing to do. Like he's putting up. He's averaging close to twenty five a game. And like I I, it, I guess I just. You know, I'll, I'll let you guys go too because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going on. I just see like a team that this is like exactly what they needed. A guy, obviously, MVP level doesn't hurt, but a guy that's here hungry for a championship and can be like, I know this isn't my team, it's Joel's team. You do you, Joel, but hey, big man, you need you, you need you need a five minute breather. Big Papa's got you. El Chapo's got you. I, you know, and we're fine. And like that's the difference is like. We'd have to hold our breath when Joel left the game because it's like, here we go, up twelve. We're going to be tied in four minutes, and it's like not with James on the court, dude. That's the, you know that's when he'll just kick it in and let it go to town. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's the bench is obviously an issue. It matters in the playoffs. Obviously, you know injuries pop up, foul trouble some games. But I guess I look at it at, and this is you know I'm, I'm, I really try to take the homework goggles off because they brought it up on one of the. Philadelphia radio shows, and I and I kind of agree with them that if you go through all the starting lineups in the NBA, the way if Maxi can even play like similar to the level he's been at, is there a better is there a better starting five truly in the NBA than the Sixers? Starting five, like and 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 it's, and, and being not a homer, just being like for real, like a starting five. Oh, I have to go through the starting fives. I mean. Yeah, you- it's all debatable. 
I mean, the, 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 nice I the point is, is if you could have that argument for your team, that means you got a chance. And sure. I guess that's what I'm getting to. Like, that means yeah. if you could have the argument that we're arguably the best starting five in the league, that's championship discussion. And that's we, what we're in. We said that too, going back to the Jimmy Butler thing, like, right? Like, when Jimmy Butler got here, it's like, oh, man, Ben Simmons, Jean B, Jimmy Butler, J.J. Reddick, Tobias Harris, who's got a better one? And then you run into, you know, Kawhi Leonard and his – But Joel wasn't playing like this. That's, I guess that's the right. one. It, it go, you know, not to make comparisons to the Eagles, but like, you know, the the season that Joel Embiid's having right now is is very similar to what Carson Wentz was having in in oh seven oh eight. Yeah, you know, if that's the, the that's the one like little knock that I put on Joel. I wish that this this type of performance was happening like two years ago. Um, but hey, we can't live in the past. We're living in the future. He's playing really well, and I think that that's that's something that he should be proud of. His team should be proud of, and you know, now with Jimmy and him, I'm sorry, now with James and Embiid, the way he's playing, and like you said, Bill Tyrese Maxey playing sort of out of his mind, he seems like he's getting better. Like, you're right. They, they do have an arguably, you know, top, you could say big three almost. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then, you know, you, you got to figure Toby's going to figure it out. And then Matisse is all for, was first team all defense last year. Like that's a pretty good fifth option to have on your team, yeah. you know, whoever here, cause he's going to be guarding Kevin Durant probably, you know, mm-hmm. like that's who he's going to be on to start. And I know Durant's going to put up his 30 still, but you hope he frustrates him a little bit, maybe picks his pocket here and there and kind of gets under his skin, you know, but I don't know. I, I, I just really, you know, I guess uh, I, I really just like this lineup that it's like, man, we got firepower, and, and, and what I'd like to see, too, because you brought it up, too, John, it's, you know, it hasn't happened yet, but I'd be okay with Joel maybe scoring a little less points if need be and getting in for another four or five rebounds a game on top of what he's been doing. Because well, even against the Knicks, it was that game was closer than it should have been, longer than it should have been, because they were hustling for loose balls. Yeah. And it was just, we don't get those, you know, like, it just, we don't box out. And that goes back to, I think, with, like, Toby, it's like... You need I, him to be the scrapper. Yeah, like... And that's why I push for like a Paul Reed, B ball Paul, because he comes in with that like Rashard Holmes energy. He's six nine. He's like a tweener between power forward and center. But I mean, every game he comes in, he gets four or five putbacks and like, see, like, like, and that's what I want from my second unit guy is just come in and create havoc. Like you're a bench guy for a reason. You come in for two three minute clips to give Joel a breather. You know, hustle hard, get a dunk maybe if you get open and. You know, make a play or two, get on the bench again. Joel's ready. Like, and that's why, like, Paul Millsap has been, ugh. DeAndre Jordan, to me, I'm not, like, even, like, remotely, like, oh, maybe he proves me wrong. And I'd love to eat, eat my words next week if he signed him and he has something. But just seeing him play in L.A. a little bit this year, it's like, I can't believe he's only 33. I thought he was, like, 43 by the way he's playing. Listen, I think, I think the DeAndre Jordan thing is, like, we, other than Willie Cauley-Stein, which doesn't really, you know, burst my bubble, you know, I'd rather have DeAndre Jordan over Willie Cauley-Stein. And I guess that's probably where I'm thinking is right now is that they're not impressed they see with Willie in practice and whatnot. They're probably not digging what they see, and they're going to give DeAndre a shot because they're like, well. There's a reason why that guy was drafted and couldn't, you know, make it. Like now he's like. He was for the Kings. I mean, he was 
he 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 was he was he was on on, on the Kentucky team with Devin Booker and like he he, they, he was on that really good squad. But no, you're right. It's I think Matt brought it up. I think it was Matt you brought it up that he's like really into art and stuff, and he kind of yeah, like a, he's big into art, the art and culture scene now. He's just I feel like he's not focused. On I think he's a guy who's big and athletic that plays basketball but doesn't love it, and I think that's the issue because I heard about it when I was up north. Yesterday, the day before, talking about people talking about Ben Simmons, the fear. And that fans are already kind of getting a, like a little, oh, God, he's not playing already. What now? And mm-hmm. like the fear is like they brought up the scouting report kind of out of LSU. And it's like he's not competitive. And the fear is he's just been more athletic than guys and plays basketball but doesn't love to play. And like the yeah. NBA, like this is no joke, obviously. It's like, you know. You kind of half-assed your way into a max deal from us because we, we you know, it's, it's what you do when you have number one draft picks. You give them a max deal, but in four years you did no increases in any year's numbers, and it's like that's terrible for number one pick to like have no increase positively. And, and if the number two down, guy on a team, like, it, it, you know, it's interesting, Bill. Like I'm looking at the, all the the league starting lineups, and the only starting lineup in my opinion that that compares to like what you're saying about the Sixers is probably Phoenix and that's it. That's like, what I mean. So like I again it it, it it doesn't mean that, you know, like you I mean I know Vegas we went from plus thirteen hundred to plus six hundred, which is like a huge shift. And I guess maybe I guess maybe the Lakers when they're healthy like with a with a healthy Anthony Davis and LeBron James, like but I, I think you also got to. I think you also got to put Golden State in there too with a healthy Draymond. I know them, and I would, and I'd put the Bucks in there too with with their big three. Yeah, well, I'm I'm looking. I think this is this site is like real time. Yeah, like sure, so, but I mean, and I guess that's kind of what I mean. And and and, and I get it. So you, like you can't ever say, "Oh, we're the best," and you can throw any numbers to tweak how you want your team to look better than somebody I mean, else. It's, I mean. This site has Danny Green in our starting lineup, which you know, I mean, there's always going to be one odd man out in every in every lineup, I guess. But like, he would be our one here because it, it's Maxi Harden, Danny Green, Toby, Joel. You know, um, Phoenix is Chris Paul. Obviously, he's not going to be in there. Uh, Devin Booker, Mikel Bridges, who is a baller. Like Mikel Bridges is going to be, he's. Someone done fucked up on our end. Um, uh, you know, uh, Jay Crowder and DeAndre Ayton. I mean, that's a pretty well balanced starting five. That's what I mean. Like, and and it is. But then, you, but then, if you tell me we got James, Joel, Maxi, Tobias, and Seibel, I'll rock that lineup against the Suns lineup all day and say go tip up, tip off. I mean, like, I think. The you one thing that the Suns have on us, though, is like their bench is way deeper than ours. No, that's, I mean they're a better team, and that's kind of why I said starting five because I think the bench. Honestly, I really only feel comfortable with like Jordan Yang off the bench because at least he plays hard. Fat Ben hit shots. Like he's not afraid to shoot the ball. Like he and, and he, yeah, it's, I mean it's what he does. Like he bangs. At least he tries. Like he's kind of like a Bob. Like he just kind of like he'll get down and dirty and hit some shots, but. He's the kind of guy, but other than him, dude, like shake, I cringe. Cork Maz, I cringe. Danny Green, watching him run, it's like, oh my God, is he going to hit? Are his hips going to fall apart? 
It's like Jesus, God, he's so. so it's, it's it's Thibel and Niang coming off the bench, like that do it for you. Now, well, Thibel's our starter now. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Well, yeah, I'm looking at this site. They have Danny. Yeah, now, Danny, because I, I, I think they want to use Danny in second unit because he's going to stand in the corner more with Toby on the bench. So then, yeah. So then, so then, yeah. So then, yeah. It's really like Niang and you know Shake, and then Corkmas is going to get a chance, and then. It's going to either be Millsap, Paul Reed, or DeAndre Jordan. Like that's going to be our nine-man rotation. Can like, we talk about this picture for a second? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it. I just sent a picture of LeBron James walking into the crypto arena, whatever they call it now, with a custom-made man purse that holds a bottle of tequila. Yeah, he had that. He had that for the All Star game. Okay, what? It, and he's wearing pants. It looks job. like he just painted his shed or something. Well, forget that. At what job are you able to walk in with a with a a bottle of booze? Well, we work in advertising, my friend. I could, I could. All right. Well, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, it, it doesn't give off like a great. I know what you mean. Like, vibe. like what kid? Like what kid? Like what are we gonna have? High school kids trying to like walk in right. to like games now with like right. But and and this is where this is where I I get frustrated with like the NBA because or this era of the NBA because like Michael Jordan okay you could argue Michael Jordan walked in with a cigar okay but did they show Michael Jordan ever walking in I mean again they said it was before cameras in the in the hallways and stuff but like now, he always had them he always had he was always chewing on them in the locker room you know like. I mean, I guess that's a that's a bad example because he did it too. So I'll I'll shut up now. So no, it's okay. I mean, I know what you mean. I know what I, you're saying. I mean, like, I guess it's it's comparable to Michael Jordan smoking a cigar before a game. But like, I don't know, carrying around a bottle of your booze, like, I, I don't know. I, it gives off a like weird why thing. he's a billionaire. Why why does it's he need to? Do that. It's like you're getting ready to go play basketball. Like you're not ready to. You're not going out to dinner to drink. Like. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather you're not, you have, a, you're not going to a concert in the park, right? Yeah, yeah. I just I, I don't know. Maybe it's the LA vibes that he's feeling. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I also I also wanted to bring this up to you guys too, and and we'll, let's finish our Sixers talk. But I I have another point I want to bring up about LeBron. Get off my okay. chest. All right. Well, I mean, the only thing I, re- I I really wanted to transition to the Sixers is like if the playoffs started, you know, tomorrow. I mean, we've got a pretty tight race. You know, we started talking about it a little bit. And it's, you know, you know, the, the, the teams that are currently, if the playoffs start tomorrow, that would be in the, in the, um, in the playoff, in the play-in rounds would be Toronto, Brooklyn, Atlanta, and Charlotte. So like, you know, but like, there's some fringe teams there. You've got Boston, you've got Cleveland that could easily drop into that in, in, into the, you know, the seven to 10 range. So it's like, you know, these last, these last, I think, John, you, you had a nice analogy a couple weeks ago. Like, these last 20-some games, it's like the NFL season. It's like every game, like, matters, you know? I mean, we've, we've kind of secured, you know, we've had, we have a little bit of a cushion now, like, whereas, like, a couple weeks ago we didn't. But, like, you know, I feel like there's these teams, like, you know, we're trying to figure out, okay, how's the seeding going to go? And, you know, in, in years past, it, it was it was really a lot easier to more clear cut to be like, OK, 
we're the three seed. We're obviously going to play, you know, the Raptors, you know, but like now, I mean, it could be any one of those teams that I just named. And that was like six, seven teams, you know, like, but I don't, I also don't think that's a bad thing. Like, no, like I'm okay with, listen, being the number one seed is great. You get home field advantage or whatever, but does that really mean anything in NBA basketball? Well, who, 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 concern, who concerns you out of these teams that I just said? Cleveland, Boston, Raptors, the Nets, the Hawks, Hornets? I mean, like, I'm not going to – I haven't seen a full season of this team to be like, man, they're better than the rest of these seven or eight teams. Yeah. So I wouldn't – you know, like I would never say – we're better than Milwaukee right now because they're the defending champions. You got to beat the man to be the man, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Cleveland, I think, I, th- I think, I think they're a lot. They're playing well, but it, I think it's a young team. Um, mm-hmm. Chicago's playing well again. It's a bunch of new guys together. Seems like it's working. Um, but to your point, they don't really scare me. Um, the Heat, same sort of thing. I mean, let's face it: three, two years ago. Was to the bubble two years ago? Two years ago, they were in the finals. So, like, you can't, like, not scoff at them. But, I mean, is Kyle Lowry even playing? He is, but he, he he's really hit the wall. He's, like, 12, yeah. 13 points a game. He's not doing – he's not – he's hurting yeah. that contract now than himself more than helping. So, if you really threw me up against the wall and said made a decision, who are the teams that are going to bother you? I would I would say Brooklyn – yeah. And Milwaukee are the two that I'm, I'm going to be worried about. But that's like – that's not a surprise to anybody. I think uh-huh. I think without Ben Simmons, they were still – Yeah, Kyrie, Kyrie can play home games. Yeah. A seven-game series if we play them in any situation. <laughs> right. 100%. But like the rest of the bottom – there's the seven to nine teams. I mean, obviously Brooklyn's in that right now. But like, you know, I wouldn't be upset if we had to do a play-in game. I wouldn't – I don't – I wouldn't be – I would be okay with that. That's not ideal, but with this roster and this team, I, you're in. The moves you made, the way you're playing, the top talent that you have, you're in. So whether yeah, it's right or yeah. not, I don't give a shit. I think we're really I, – I think we're going to be, in my gut, between the one and the three seed. I think that's where we're going to be. I Like, it wouldn't shock me if the Heat still – because, I mean, they, they have 10 – they play like they have like 14 home games in the last 20, so they have a good schedule and whatever. And the Bulls seem to win a lot of beat the bad teams. And but like I, I, I agree with you. I think just the fact that you know we we know that we're a top seed where if there's our upset, maybe we can sneak in home court. But we're actually a much better road team this year. Like we're 19-10 on the road. Like we we like Joel. I think and, and we'll see about James, but Joel. He loves that negativity from other fans. Like in Atlanta, he, I mean, he, we, we, we won more games in Atlanta in the Hawks series than we did in Philly. He you know? thrives on it. Like he loves that negative, that feed. Like, so that's why I'm with you, John. I don't care about like if we're the three or four seed, if the, you know, when he's going to go on a run and, you know, whatever. But I just think that we're, we're so good. Like we're going to win a lot of games in the season. And, so. I, and I think James Harden, you look like that dude's got, He's got his eyes are black, and he's got ice running through his vein. Like it doesn't matter, positive or negative. When he's on the floor, it doesn't look like anything bothers him. Like people talk shit on him because they they uh, they he two times he lost in the conference finals to to the Warriors. So he lost 
two times to what people argue is the greatest team next to the 96 Bulls in the conference finals in game sevens. Like, don't tell think me of all the, Think of all the NBA greats that got, like, snubbed of a title from... Don't tell me this guy is like, yeah, okay, he went two, he went two for 15 and the, uh, from threes. The last the game seven they lost when they, the Warriors, when it was KD, uh, Clay, and Steph. And Chris Paul was hurt that game. And they're like, oh, you choked. They're talking about a Stephen A. Oh, he's a choke artist. Two for 15. It's like he lost in game seven to the Dynasty Warriors team. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, the guy had – and the guy's second best player that year got hurt. And then his other best player was Eric Gordon. And he got to the game seven of the conference finals. Like, stop. Like, stop with that. Like, the guy – yeah, he hasn't won a championship. But the match point, you know, there's this – you know, he's been again the Warriors – and and you know and they, you know and, and now LeBron. It's it, so it's like this is the first time since probably last year that like it's not going to be like a LeBron definite champion or even the Warriors. Like they're a good team, they could win it. Wouldn't shock me if the Warriors won the championship, but they're not the Warriors from five years ago. Yeah, or they will be at any point this year, even when they get Draymond back. They don't have that same buzz. Like they don't have Iggy. They don't have Harrison Barnes. Like. They don't have that bench that they used to have. Which yeah, I think it's yeah, like, that's unfair to say to of James because like to your comparison earlier, like the Bulls stopped how many top seventy five Hall of Fame greats that we don't call choke artists. You know, like they they never got a title because of those teams. So it's like you know you got yeah, Patrick uh, Ewing, you got Carl Malone, you got. I'd much rather have a guy like James Harden on this team that's hungry and doesn't have a championship than some some guy like Kyrie who already has the taste of that and might be on the tail end of his career and doesn't care about – might not care as much about winning. Yeah, like off the court means more to him than basketball. Like James just likes to party. Like if he – you know, you, you don't hoop 24 hours a day. And I'm not saying say he hoops 12 hours a day. But everything, even the haters, they all say he's either on the court or at the club. Like that's the, kind of the joke with him. Well, like, and you know, he, he he it took it took Kyrie arguably to team up with arguably right like one of the greatest, if not the greatest player who ever played. Some people Kyrie think that shit without LeBron, even yeah. in Brooklyn. This is his third year in Brooklyn, dude. The first year he got hurt, KD was hurt that whole first year. Kyrie got hurt halfway through the season, and then like. Nobody talks about that, how Kyrie put on the team when they were like the eighth seed in the playoffs because that was the year after, after KD left the Warriors and he signed there but was going to be out the whole year because he had blown knee. Kyrie played that year, and that was when the Nets were the eighth seed, and we beat him in the playoffs that year. Or actually, they might have been the seventh seed. But Kyrie like could have played that year, but he was all like pissed off that like the Nets were shitty. And like basically put him the team. Like people forget this. Like well, and even before the I Nets, it was like superstar guy. Like he, he, put him he went team. from he went from the Cavs to 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 Boston, right? And they Tatum they were, and Jalen Brown hated this. Like they were setting they were up. They were, they were but they were but they were setting it up to be like, oh, Kyrie's got a fresh start. He's going to be the man in Boston. He has what he wants. And look look what happened there. No, I, I again, I don't question. I would argue. He belongs in the top 75 of all time over Anthony Davis, who I, I would love to have, to have an episode where we go over that list maybe. Because I think Anthony Davis is one of the most overhyped players in the NBA. If you really look at his career, he's really not dominated for that long of a period to be put in that list, dude. 
I would love to have that have a, have a, have an episode where we just dedicate to that list because any list that we do that ten we do that episode ten overall. Jesse's Jesse's first episode back. That's what we. That's what we (laughs) We need it. We need it. We need his sizzle on it. Uh, But I mean, but yeah, but yeah, but but back to Kyrie, like in the Nets, like he's he's not like done anything that's so like amazing. It's just you know because it's it's that New York media bias because like I hear all the time now with Ben about how like you know they're trying to push how we were monsters down here and how dare we attack mental health, but then everybody. Like with Blass and Lebertard and Mina Kimes and stuff, because they were reshowing their like reposting their old tweets about oh like Ben couldn't hit the side of a barn like you know he's a head case like just thrashing him after that Hawk series just thrashing him you know like and now they're like oh well it's out of con it's like so I think it's it's I guess um, I guess it's just all like you know I guess where it comes from but I guess back to the original point that you know with having a guy like James who's hungry and like now fueled by like all like the media hate because they're talking about it a lot today more that like Philly's becoming the villains of the league because how James, you know, quit on his team for a second time to go there. So James is kind of a villain. And, you know, we, as a Philly fan base, we, you know, we, you know, we, we were more sympathetic to Ben and, you know, his off the court issues and he's a human being too and all this shit. And it was like, I didn't hear any of that when he was a sixer. All I heard were the jokes I mean, hell, they made fun of him at, made fun of him at the ESPYs this past year, mm-hmm. that joke. And I love was, being the villain. I'll take being it, the villain. So, but it's the just, villain underdog, give it to me. Well, James Harden does what every star does. Kyrie's done it. I know LeBron's in a different class. Russell Westbrook's done it. Chris Paul's done it twice. All these stars do it. And, oh, well, you know, they're just at that point in their career where they're a veteran and they earn that right. But James Harden does it, and he's a scumbag. Now he's a scumbag because he's in Philly, you know. I think that I I think the NBA is going to have to start um, sort of putting the kibosh on these, like the players that, like you talk about James in Houston, and like once he wasn't going to either resign there or didn't want to play there anymore, they should give these players the option to be like, okay, fine. So you're not going to play for us anymore. Then you're not going to play for us this year but we're going to get a compensatory pick or something from the league. League has to figure it out. And then after the season, your contract's voided and you can sign wherever you want. Teams are going to have to get some sort of retribution for the, the sort of the decisions that players want to make. I because agree. if James Harden wanted to be here for the whole time and the trade to the Nets only was like a Band-Aid and he ultimately wanted to be in Philly, that basically hurt two franchises in the, in, in the span of three years. And that, I think that's, that's kind of poor, poor business. Um, but again, a, a, a compensatory pick in the NBA is, is, is nothing. It's worth belly lint. You know what I mean? Well, the NBA, I mean, like a lot of drafts, but the NBA, when you really look at it, cause they did it on one of the shows I saw in the NBA draft on average, there's like two to five players out of the 60 taken in two rounds that actually like, become good, like good, good, that are like, wow, like Bradley Beal or like uh, the majority of NBA draft picks are busts, you know? So it's like, I get that to where like, well, you know, I, I just give them a shot in the dark to get somebody maybe, you know, a, you, you know, know pick. you know, it would be an interesting idea to sort of like 
halt some of the, the stuff that happens with like players and their contracts is if at the end of the season, you know how like when they have exhibition teams that enter, you have to, you have to basically um, protect, you know, 80 your players, but you leave two off. And those no, are the yeah, two. For the, no, for the expansion draft when they have that yeah. draft. The NBA should do that, like to mix things up a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, they did that back in the 80s. You know, well, oh, speaking of that, I was going to bring this up too. And you guys appreciate this. I read an article today. I meant to forward it to the chat. But I, I, a call came in when I was reading it and I forgot about it. So just now, actually, apparently there's a lot of a lot of push by the NBA, the league, to get a franchise back in Seattle and one in Vegas. Like that's going to happen in the next couple of years. Like it's like, see Vegas. It's all like it's going to happen, basically. That like Seattle has been. I guess pushing for like 10 years ever since the, the Seattle, the, the, the signings left. And I guess they have like leases worked out with like an arena up there for the hot, like they're ready to go. And I guess Vegas is like hundred percent, like going to get it. And like, and so I guess it's like kind of exciting, but it's also kind of like, like you're talking about it today in one of the shows. Like if you think about it, 14 now, granted it's playing, but 20 of 30 teams make the playoffs, including the play-in. Like, it's kind of mm-hmm. fucking weak. You know, it's like, if, you, if you're going to do that, then why do you have 82 fucking games? Make right. it like 50, 55 games, and then do it this way, you know? There, there, Bill, there has been talks about doing, like, in-season tournaments, though, too, I've heard. Which, you know, for teams that are crappy, and I get it, you know, like, but I still feel like it's, you know, it would be neat, but I still feel like, I don't like that kind of thing in the end of the day because I feel like it weakens the championship. I know this will still always kind of be the mecca of it, but it's just like, it's, it, to me, it, it's like a shittier version of having an intercontinental championship belt. It's like, all right, great. You got the dinner, you know, we, we love you, Texas Tornado, Mr. Perfect. Easy to root for. <laughs> Some of our favorite wrestlers were intercontinental type champions. They were. Multiple were. That's how he got his start. He won that belt. Rick yep. from three. Then he, I, I think he got it off Ravishing Rick. Ricky, Ricky well, the Dragon. I, he, he had it because didn't Macho Man get it from him in WrestleMania? Macho Man, Macho Man had it. For you. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but I feel like I don't know, like that kind of shit to me, kind of like weakens. Like, all right, then what the hell you play the regular season for for the championship? It's like another. So what? So all those, you know, rings mean nothing now. So I, I think that I, just, I like the idea of like a one and done round. That was Daryl Morey, dude. Daryl Morey said if you did it like the NFL, that because you know that you know that you know that's how these you know the, the, it's actually a really good interview for Daryl Morey if you want to watch it. Colin Cowherd has a a, a a YouTube channel called The Volume. I don't know if I have to drop that in right now for for uh, sponsorship reasons. Colin hit us up, um, but he has a forty-five minute interview with Daryl um, from a week ago. One of the greatest interviews, like it, it opens you to Daryl's mind about things. And he brought up in that interview about how he's been pushing for a one and done in the playoffs, a 54 game regular season. Um, and only like 16 making the playoffs to make it like the NFL to where like every game of the 54 matter, like, cause you, you want to get in. And then every playoff game is insanely in, in intense. Cause it's, one and done and anything can happen on anybody went on any given night, like kind of has that vibe, but um, why couldn't they just steal from March madness and let everybody in? Well, that's what I mean. Like if, if bill to your point, like out of the 30 teams, if 20 teams make the playoffs, 
the bottom 10 teams like have it just be a one giant playoff, but one and done, you know? No, I mean, you know, and that's kind of maybe where they, you know, they would head. But then I feel, you know, I, I, if you did that, like, I, there's no way you could have, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't watch all, why have, you know, you can't have 82 games at that point. Like you'd really have to, you know, wind down the regular season. Cause it's like, there's no point to have 80 fucking, cause like, you know, that's one of the things with baseball. It's like, 162 games. That's a lot of fucking baseball games. A lot of baseball. A lot of baseball games to play. You know, so it's like for the longest like game, like longest sport that they play. You know what I mean? Like it's, basketball games are like I'm sorry, baseball games are like three to four hours sometimes. Basically. You know, your football games don't last very long. Your basketball games generally don't last that long unless you got double triple overtimes, and even then, you you know you're out of there by 10:30, 11. You yeah. Know? Yeah. No, you're right. I I, I agree. I, yeah, I, I hope that I actually hope that baseball, you know, gets that. That that's way too many games to play. Way too many games. You know, and that's kind of what you know. That's you know. I mean, there's going to be six less so far this season for sure. They just canceled six of them. Oh, baseball clearly needs to figure a lot of stuff out. <laughs> yeah. Can I just touch on one thing before we yeah. start talking basketball? Yeah. I, I have this whole. You guys know how I feel about LeBron James, right? Now that I've oh, we did, and then and then you did a one eighty on us. I mean, you actually you, you, you came to your senses. A little I, bit. I did, I did. I I am really concerned about the LeBron James and his son in the NBA. I think that this is, I think this is really, this is like an overhype situation. Like I, I haven't, I've seen, I've seen him play once his son. Um, I don't hear him talk being talked about as like the top recruit. Um, I think a lot of the top recruiting talk is possibly because he's LeBron's son, but I, I really think it's going to be a disservice to the NBA in the next three to five years as teams start to realize like, Oh, if, if, if think about this, right? If next year LeBron James's son Brian James is coming out, and this is the beginning of the 2021 season, you would be dumb not to tank, right? You would be if you were the Magic, if you were the Rockets, who right now are the, the lowest seed in each of their divisions, you would be dumb not to tank. So, isn't it going to just set up a tankathon of? people that want to get LeBron James to come to their team. I think it's doing a disservice number one to the NBA and number two to the product of the NBA to like now have like now he's getting to the point where he's going to dictate where he's going to go. No matter what team picks my son, I'm going to sign with that team. It's, it's a little, I, I want to say arrogant. It's, it's arrogant, but it's also like really setting up, I think the NBA to fail big time. And I just or, want to get your guys' thoughts on it. Or, I mean, if if the if the organization had any sort of balls, they could always tell LeBron James, you know, get bent, stay in LA. True. True. Like we want your son. We don't want we don't want broken down old old bull. We want the young calf. You know. Yeah. I I just I feel the the pressure that LeBron. I was empathetic of the pressure that everyone. When I see everyone, the media, pundits, whatever you want to call them, 
put on LeBron James when he became the chosen one. Okay. Mm-hmm. He lived up to that and then some, and then a lot more turned into almost one of the, if not the, you know, whoever you want to argue with greatest basketball player to ever live. Right. And, and he did it pretty clean too. Like, like I know I'm, yes. I was Barkley brought that up. Like, yes, you know, great father. Think about like how many people probably were out are still out to get that guy. You yeah. know, they're just trying to find one little speck of dirt on him. You yep. know, he's a great dad. He's a great husband. He gives back to his community. He is a, you know, he is the prototypical, you know, like excellent athlete that off the court is an even better human. But I just feel like you're really setting up your son to fail, in my opinion. And then you're also putting a lot of pressure, undue pressure on the kid. too. Like I would want my son to do like, first of all, whatever he wants to do. And he's playing basketball. It's what he loves to do. Great. But I'm not going to then try to like play with him because of whatever love of the game that I have that I want to play with my son. Like I, I don't, I don't quite let him tell his own story. Let him write his own book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's been, I mean, I'm trying to think of that. There's been any NBA players that had their sons. I don't think so. Right. I mean, there've been coaches that had their sons like, yeah, right. you know, but the only thing I think of is like Ken Griffey Jr. and his dad, like they both played at the same time, you know? Um, but I, I don't know. I just, I just think a lot of that hype that happened with him is now happening with his son. And like, I, I've seen some articles and I've read some articles that say like, you know, he might, if he wasn't LeBron's son, he might not be a one and done player, you know? So how does that help or hurt his college career? Right. Not that good. He's Mark a- Cuban, Mark Cuban's also already came out and said he wouldn't burn a second round pick on him. He's you know? not. I mean, you watch, I watched him in that game, that Camden game on TV. Yeah. He looked, like just one of the guys in high school, like a high school basketball player that if his, if his name wasn't Bronny James, if it was Ted Ted Mitchell, it would be nothing special. He's 6'2". That's another thing, too. He's only 6'2". He's as tall as us. And, I mean, I'm sure he can jump a little. I'm sure he's athletic. But, yeah. like, you know, everything I read is was, like, they need to hope. He kind of needs to hope that he shoots up at least three to four inches to get to 6'5", 6'6", because he's not good at anything, really. Like, like he's not a good dribbler. Like, He's not bad, obviously. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to bash the kid, but he's not like one of these no-brainer, you know, have to go to college for one year just because it's the rules kind of kids. It's like everything I say, see, is he he just stayed three or four years and really get good at something. But, you know, that won't be the case, obviously, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. I just – it's just a, a lot of that – sort of hype and discussion I think sort of happened a little bit over at all-star break. It's, it sounds, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't have that much of an opinion on it yet. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll I guess as it develops, I'll probably have a little bit more to say um, that, but like, you got plenty of, you got plenty of time to get on it. It's got, it seems, it just seems too gimmicky to me. Like it just, yeah. you know, and it's like, I don't really gravitate me as a basketball fan. I don't really gravitate towards the, you know, gimmicks, you know, I don't know, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it could bring, uh, it could bring a lot of revenue to like a smaller market team. I mean, maybe LeBron's, you know, part of, part of the thing is like, all right, let's, you know, 
if he goes to like a smaller market, you know, maybe this helps, you know, you know, juice up some revenue and like say, you know, for the Orlando area. What if somebody like, like, because supposedly like one of the reasons LeBron said where he said over the All Star break about, oh, maybe I go to Cleveland again, and because he's trying to kind of, I guess, force the Lakers' hand because uh, he could sign an extension this year for two more years and. Because of him, I mean, they have a waiting list for tickets again because it's LeBron James. So he's holding them hostage, basically, and, and people are saying that they think potentially he could be like, I'll sign this deal, on two, but you better take my kid. Maybe, maybe not first round, but you better get my kid on this team. But what if, like, an anti-LeBron team, like the Warriors, somebody draft him in the second round over him, and they're like, oh, sorry, Brian, because we got your boy now. Like, what if, like, the Bulls draft him just to fuck with him or something? Yeah, I mean, it's not out of the possibility. I mean, nothing's guaranteed, right? I no. mean, him getting drafted isn't really guaranteed. Like you said, if he doesn't work on his game, no. I'm not knocking the guy. I'm not knocking the kid. It's just I think it's a lot of undue pressure on a young kid to sort of like hope and wish that he gets to that point so he he can play with his son. Like I, I understand the – the family aspect of it. And that's really cool. And listen, if he got drafted and LeBron went to a team and I'd watch the game, like I'm not going to not watch it. I just think that it does a lot of disservice to not only his son, but then like the NBA starts to then dictate what they're going to do with different teams. Right. Like, like I said, like then you start the tankathon and like, is this guy going to go, who's going to be the first one to pull the trigger? Like you said, Bill, like, is, is he going to be a first round pick just because Detroit, wants LeBron to increase ticket sales or is it going to be like the second round, you know, the bottom of the second round where like you said, the Warriors pick him, you know, and it's, I just think it's a, I just think it's a bad, a bad look, but Hey, that's why there's 52 flavors of ice cream. Everyone's got their own favorite. Nah, LeBron lives in a world that until our serious money comes in, we're not going to know about because, you know, I think, you know, I think he just, you know, wants what he wants. And he's when you're a billionaire, you get what you want. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? It's just, it, you know, and that's just like to stop and think. We live in a time where professional athletes are billionaires. Yeah, that's what I mean. Billionaires. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's the only one. Him, he's the only one currently. But still, like, there's still one. I mean, yeah. playing the I, game, he's, he's amassed that much money. Listen, billionaire. The thing that, the, the thing that bothers me about LeBron now is that he has the means to get any player that he wants to come to his team. Any player, without a doubt. Yeah, I don't think he's done it. That's what I think you think, but, but I don't think that's the case for a lot of players. And the reason I would say that is because when you play with LeBron, you have you got to accept you're going to be in LeBron's shadow. So you need somebody like an Anthony Davis or like a guy that's okay being Robin because you're never yes. going to be Batman. What I'm, what I'm trying to say with that, though, Bill, is that at his stage of his career, with the pressure that is on him to be, become one of the greatest or the greatest, I, I guess when he says like he has no pressure, he, he's fine with whatever, I just feel like – if he had that, that like, that juice of Tom Brady, where Tom Brady just wants to stick it up everybody's ass, like he could have three more championship rings. 
And that could solidify him as being the best ever. You know what I mean? Like he has the ability. He still has the talent at age 30, whatever he is. Yeah, 30 he's, still, he's still able to, he's still able to get um, talented players to come play with him. And he's, and he still has, you know, but look what happened this time though, with it. I mean, again, and not that, again, right, nobody, not, perfect, he, but he pushed for the Westbrook. I mean, it's out that like he and him and clutch wanted Westbrook. So think of that. If they had Kyle Kuzma, Alex Caruso and KCP still, all three guys that were on the championship team for them two years ago, like, are they in a better spot now? And that's, I think, with guys, like I said before about LeBron, when you become a billionaire and you live in your world, and it's not that, actually, I said the money. The money doesn't have to change it like this. It's it's known, like, you push for Russ, dude. Like, you want, because that's what the whole thinking about was. They had a meeting. That's why they didn't do any moves at the trade deadline, because they put their foot down and said, you wanted this team, go win with it. And, like, Again, he's not perfect, you know. It, it, you well, know, like, no one could have, no one could have seen the wheels fall off, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook the way but that. But everybody it also should, but 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 like the people who you criticize, and I agree with to an extent. Obviously, it's easy to talk a lot of shit now, but Russell's always been a ball dominant player. That's LeBron James, and that's why I, I find it comical, and, and we don't got to go back to this too much. That people think Bench is going to fit in so perfectly in Brooklyn. KD and Kyrie want the ball in their hands in the half court. So basically Ben's going to be worthless unless it's running a fast break to them because he's not going to have the ball in his hands because that's why he had, he had a meltdown when Jimmy was here and we traded Jimmy basically because Ben got demoted off of the point. Ben became the dunker role and he hated that. And that's why we got rid of Jimmy Butler. I mean, that, it's that plain and simple. We wanted to keep Ben happy. So like that's what's to me with their whole Russ and, and, and LeBron thing. To me, that was – Terrible from Jump Street, and I'm not. And I'm not going to be like, oh, I told everybody so, like that at all. No, I'm saying that. I'm saying it because it's like, why do you think KD left playing with him? Because he couldn't take the ball being in his hands so goddamn much. Like Russ is that kind of player where he's going to take 25 shots and maybe make 10 of them a night. And LeBron doesn't need that right now. But uh, sorry, that was my little Russ rant because nah, that's cool. I, I like Russ. I think he's the kind of guy that I like his heart. Plays every game. Plays. He don't play defense. Which is to me is insane because he's so athletic. But I listen. Russ is an all timer. Like I, I, I don't question that. Like he's put his work in. But it's just uh, I guess I have no sympathy for LeBron and his team failing because it's like I love it. I think what happens when players play GM. It's like yeah, maybe you can get a role guy or two. Like you know, off the bench. Like you know, like like how. Because apparently Doc and Andre Drummond are our friends, and that's how we got Andre Drummond, that they're kind of personal friends a little bit. So it's like, yeah, you know, it's how you get guys, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, trade to get to get a guy making $45 million a year for the next two years, but it's just like he played like shit in D.C. the last two years, played in shit like in Houston last three years ago. Like, what do you think he was going to do? He's come all of a sudden come to L.A. and be like Russell Westbrook from the OKC days? He clearly lost. He's clearly lost a step, though. I mean, it's yeah. You know, and I was. I've always been a Russell Westbrook fan. Um, big fan of his game. Big fan of his athleticism. He. You're right, Bill. He's an all timer, but but that's his game, he, though, dude. Like being an athlete, he jumping turn. over guys, and that's kind of why too. I really feel you know. Obviously, health is is the next factor. But healthy, like, you know, barring injuries, 
Um, I think we have we really have a three or four year window with this team with James and Joel because James's game isn't built on him being a great athlete. He plays old man basketball in the paint where he bodies you. He's six five, and, we, and if you just watch him again, you know I'm not trying to say I want him to be 39 and slow, but he's only 30. He'll be 33 in August. So he's only 32 right now, but when you watch him play. He doesn't play like ahead of himself. You know what I mean? Like he plays that game where like he plays the pace that he wants you to play. Well, he, he and he takes what the game's going to give him. That's what I mean. Like he knows how to play the game to where if he's not, he's not like Russ jumping over guys for rebounds and dunks. He puts his big old James puts his big old butt into your boxes you out. And he's six, five with long arms and he rebounds or he gets to the lane and uses his body he dares you to go for the ball in front of him. Well, and his ability to get his defenders off balance is just – we. I don't think we've ever seen anyone really not. do That's that. That's why I, I'm so confident because people are like – even people that want to say, oh, long-term, you know, six has got – James Harden's going to be good for at least another three or four years in my opinion. Like really good. Like really good. And then we have Maxi growing into himself. And then the reality is, is – and I don't even want to have this conversation and I'm going to bring it up now, but Toby doesn't have to be here long-term. And that means a lot of money. Yeah. Not here. A lot of money. Right. So it's, you know, I love him. I want him to be here because I think he could be that third or fourth option in the playoffs for a championship team. Um, I really do. Because I think him and Maxi, if those two can give us 35 a night in any combination needed between Joel and James, that's like 90 a game in points, those four players. Mm-hmm. Like basically. And then five will give us, you know, give, give us six or seven, get one or two dunks, hit a couple foul shots, but geez, don't go, you know, that's 95, 96 points from your starting five. That's like, get, get, give us 2025 bench and we're going to probably win a lot of games in the playoffs. Like, and that's how I view it. It's just, you know, be consistent and do your job. And that's, I think what these next 22 games are about. It's at, championship teams have one thing. Every player knows what their role is. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to figure out these next 22 games. It's all right, Toby, you're here to fucking get rebounds now and shoot this. Maxi, you're here to do this. Danny Green, when you're in, you better take at least two threes every time you're in. Like, know what the fuck you're in the game for. Like, so, and I think that's what's going to be now on Doc, you know, is to get everybody ready for this run. And <laughs> I was. It goes back to when Doc was the when he was coaching Boston, and he had that um, that saying. It's a it's it's called a butu or something, but it's like all about like being like selfishness, like unselfishness, selflessness, like knowing selflessness. like knowing Thank you. make the right play. Yeah, like making yeah. the right play, and it's well, and and make the right sacrifice for the good of the team. You know, yep. and I said it earlier. Thing. I meant it like. For all the much I, I bash Doc, and I do think Doc has a lot of pressure on him because if something, if things go south quickly in the playoffs, I think Doc Doc will be the scapegoat for sure. And but whether he did or not, we would analyze it. But I don't even want to go down that work that road. But I think with the, the positive thing with Doc in my eyes is he's built to be a superstar coach. Like he had the big three one. He had the big two in the Clippers. Yeah, he only got to the conference finals a couple times. But that's pretty deep, getting to the final four. Like, he's built to manage superstars and let them kind of win games. So, because Daryl Morey brings it up in the interview, because Colin asked him, he's like, you know, he's like, are you concerned that 
your head coach, you know, now he has the most three one series losses in playoff history. And Daryl said, no, I'm not, because he, that means he won the first three games of the series. He's like, it ain't easy winning three games in a playoff series. Like, right. he's, like, he's like, the goal now is to figure out how to win that fourth one. How to get over the hump. So, like, hearing that, like, and just, I really recommend watching that, that interview with, with uh, Cowherd and um, uh, Maury. It's a really good interview, and it, like, opens your mind up. And, and Maury says it. He's like, you know, we're not walking our chests out that we're the team now, but he's just like, Kind of what we all been saying. He's like, good luck trying to figure out how to stop these two. Like, we know what's going to happen. Like, you're going to have to double one of them. And if you do, both of these guys are so unselfish. No one's going to be open. And, uh, and you know, so, it's, you know, it's the role player's job. And we've been saying it. So I think that's really, you know, where we're at now is just getting it, staying, staying healthy, knock on wood. And, you know, getting guys ready to go and rested as need be here and there. Because, James and James and Joel won't play every game. Obviously, they're, you know they're going to sit some games these last couple of weeks. Um, well, so, we're, you know, where I, we're at now is we have to beat the New York Knicks tomorrow night in so, our house. That's it. One game at a time, and you know I know we'll all be watching, and I know that that place we've all been there. Um, you know, for for a playoff game, I think tomorrow it's going to be playoff atmosphere there. Oh, it's going to be insanity, dude. That place is going to be rocking, dude. It's going to be rocking. And we're going to feel it through the TV screen. You know, I mean, it's going to be electrifying. Um, I know I'll have my popcorn ready. And, uh, AKA bourbon. Be watching it, man. Brought to you by Bull Bourbon, official bourbon of the podcast. Um, any final thoughts, fellas? I think this was a solid, this is a solid place to end. I mean, I think it is too. I think it's great. I think you've come full circle on our. You know. We came full circle um, again, you know, shout out to, uh, you know, our listeners um, hit us up on the social media interwebs and uh, be good. Everyone, 1098, go 76ers. Someone Bye. give me one. Go birds. <laughs>